Hey, well, welcome to another episode of uh, Off the Record, a candid, casual conversation about life, culture, and church. And today we're continuing on our conversation through our series called Mixtapes, dealing with uh, relationships and sex and marriage and all the things included with that. And uh, Sunday, we really kind of set the context for where we want to spend some time in today's conversation, this area of connecting and reconnecting in the context of our relationships. And uh, kind of the passage, I think, is one of the greatest little verses in the Bible that we sometimes don't think about, uh, especially in the area of relationships. But again, Song of Solomon, and it's Solomon's, his fiance, and they're about to become married. And she says, she has this request of Solomon's, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, and it simply says this, her request is, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. And it seems just like a, a beautiful, poetic little verse, but boy, the depth of what's here. And here's really what she's saying. I think the great reminder and warning for us in context of our relationships. She says, boy, the vineyards are in blossom. Everything around looks great. It looks beautiful on the outside. The facade is set. We have our Instagram pictures and all is good. But she says... To Solomon, her future husband, Solomon, I need you to catch the foxes, these little foxes. Somewhere in the midst of this beautiful picture, she has the insight of seeing this little 15-inch ball of fur running around the vineyards, and she knows this about little foxes. As cute as they are, the problem with them is they tend to dig at the very root system of these vineyards that are there and at the very root of the plant. And the challenge of that is that it doesn't expose itself right away, but it exposes itself in seasons when there is drought and storm and difficulty. Then the unhealth of the root system becomes exposed, all because these little foxes, which didn't seem like a big deal, had really begun to tear away at the very fabric of the relationship. And she says this to Solomon. Solomon, I love how she said, I'm not worried about the big bears. I'm not worried about the the giants in the land and the enemies are there. I know it's these little things that if we don't deal with are going to be the things that tear away at our foundation. And so we want to spend some time today in conversation about that very thing. How do we connect and reconnect and deal with the little foxes that sneak into any relationship over a period of time? And today I'm excited to have friends with us again today, folks I just so respect and admire, and ask them to come join us. So we have Eric and Audra Thomas and... Um, Thank you guys for taking time to be with us today as we continue this conversation. Thanks for having us. It's an yes, honor. We're glad to be here. Yeah. Glad to be here. Such a great thing. And you all been married how many years? This March will be 26, 26 years. 26 years. Yeah. And I always say it doesn't make us an expert on marriage, but we've learned a lot. And I know for Tammy and I, right. 31 years, we've done a lot of things well, and we've struggled in some areas. And today, mm -hmm. thanks for being willing to share a little bit of, of your story as we have this conversation, things that we've learned through that. Uh, but Audrey, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your family? Okay, well, uh, so we've been married 26 years, we'll be in March, and we dated three years prior, so almost 30 years we've been together. I feel like we've uh, grown up together, we put each other through college. Um, we have an 18-year-old, and he, we're going to launch him this year, so he graduates this year. Uh, we have twins that are 11, will be 11 in March, and a little girl that will be 8 this month. Fantastic. So. You know, Eric, as I thought about uh, you guys, I thought the beauty of your di family dynamics is you've kind of walked through some of these seasons once, and now you're kind of re-walking through them a second time, and I bet there are some lessons you've learned the first time that I hope to be able to dig in today and, uh, in and share. What was one of the things when you first, what attracted you to Audra the, uh, early on in those dating years? <laughs> well, you know, I was walking through the mall. I knew there was going to be a good story here. <laughs> there was a mall. I was walking through the mall with my friends, and uh, I remember walking through the middle of the mall, 
and uh, there was a uh, there was a what, what, what cards? It was a Hallmark store. There was a Hallmark store over there, and I saw her in there on a Friday night by herself, and I don't know. There was just something about that. Yep. That drew me to her. I was. Uh, I just saw the maturity. I saw. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I think. I think the Lord probably shined a light down on it. And she was beautiful. Sure. That helped a little bit. It You're did. like, come no on now, good-looking no girl a, in a card shop all by but, herself. But this know, is my she chance. Is just, she has always uh, just carried herself so well. And uh, I don't know. There was just something about that moment. Yeah. I think you saw, you know, there's a depth to you and in, in what you are. And I, and I ask you that because I, I, I'm so reminded. It's those little moments early on that mm-hmm. God ignites something that sometimes we've got to go back and, and revisit yeah. and, uh, and be, be reminded of the power there and... Uh, I think I could speak on your behalf. I, I'm sure the thing that you saw there in that moment has been the thing that's carried you through. And as, as again, I get a chance from a distance to just watch you and your family. Uh, it's such a joy to kind of see uh, just how you do life together. And uh, so we're excited to talk a little Thank bit you. about that. So how do you know that? Do you see us on Facebook and all? <laughs> oh, Audra, I'm telling you, if you want a good follow on Facebook, on social media, Audra's got it going on. She loves some of my 80s rap. Yes. And so, uh, those under the yes. so uh, I'm telling you. It gives a, me a hard time about that It's a great follow, uh, in all seriousness, because I love to be able to. Yeah. It, it's one of the great ways for me in a larger church to That's stay right. connected with That's people right. and, uh, well, you'll and to know watch what that. We're always doing. Exactly right. And if you follow Tammy, you always know what we're well, doing. Well, we have we family on the West Coast, we have family in Florida, so it does really help us stay connected. Mm-hmm. It helps us stay connected. Yeah, yeah, it is so true. The challenge is sometimes in that social media world, it can puts up this facade, yes. right? Like it's it all can, rolling great. Without a doubt. And, uh, and if we're not careful, yeah. we can fall into, I've got to even keep this thing going in my own mind to other right. people and other people look in. And I hope in the context of what we get to do today and really during this podcast of Off the Record is, is to say that is part of the life. Yeah. Yeah, but on the back of everything is the backside of the tapestry. You right. know, here's the, the 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 mingle and the and the mess. Sometimes that's there that creates these wonderful moments that we're experiencing. So today I want to talk a little bit about that. How we move from soulmates, if we're not careful, sometimes to roommates. How do we move from that moment I saw her in the Hallmark store and it was like wow, to all of a sudden five or six years later we're going like, man, that wow has left a little bit, and I'm still committed, still love you. I don't know if I like you every day, but I love you, and we're feeling almost like we're just coexisting uh, along those lines. As you guys look back over your years together, um, you know, in almost that 30 years together, right. what have been some of the challenging seasons of connection? I think starting out in the beginning, um, we are very different people. Eric and I are very, op- very much opposites. And so just learning how to live together. Uh, the first seven years, we always say we're very hard. Um, he has, you know, we've have different expectations. We bring different things to the table. We have different drives. And so just learning how, I, mean, I think we lived a lot as roommates in those first seven years. Maybe and enemies. True. True. Yeah. You're blending these two yes. together. It's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was nothing easy about it. It was difficult. Mm-hmm. I would say we probably visited, uh, we probably went to the counselor probably 30 to 40 times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yep. is you know, uh, that was 30 years ago, and I can't say that going to a counselor anytime is, uh, you know, something people uh, accept. I think it's more accepting today than it was back then even. Yeah. But uh, I think in the very beginning, we took on an attitude that uh, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, I think I heard a professor one time just say this, and it's carried with me my entire life, is I don't care if I have to go to a counselor a hundred times. It'll be worth it. Yeah. I want a great marriage. 
Yeah. And it's been helpful. Yeah. And I hope that's for our viewers that are, that are watching and listening. I hope that's a theme that you're continuing to hear as more couples come in to say, listen, we've all been through these journeys. Yeah. And at times you just need some outside help and perspective Absolutely. and some hope and somebody to believe in, yeah. in you more than you can. I remember it was just this Sunday, a couple is just walking through a difficult time and the blessing to be able to say to them as they walk up there, listen, I believe in you. Right. Yeah. You're going to make this. Yes. I, I, I believe in you, yeah. you know, and sometimes we just need that a little bit. Those first few years, kind of the challenge that come, were there any circumstances or dynamics that you look back and say, boy, that's was some of the triggers for us that we really had to work through? Well, you know, I think in the, in the first year, so our first seven years, we didn't have kids. I think it was just mainly uh, the busyness. You know, I tend to be a workaholic. Um, I have a drive that I can work from morning until 11 o'clock at night, and absolutely, you know, it's like a high, I guess. I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, you know, there was an actually in a time, we were actually talking about this on the way over, you know, there was a time Audrey just asked me if I could make it home by like 7.30. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that just tells you how somewhat unhealthy that was. But, you know, we just didn't have, we didn't have margin. There was yeah. no margin. I had no margin, you know, uh, you know running a business. Um, so I think that was one of the biggest ones early on was just the, the lack of margin and just how the busyness, like work, mm -hmm. like you're trying to, you're trying to provide, you're trying to be that, that husband that provides, you're trying to, we're, we're both going through school at the time. Yeah. So there was a lot of things going on. And I, and I think even as we were coming over, we were talking about, uh, margin was a huge area that we lacked. Mm. We were just mm -hmm. busy overextended. Yeah. And I think, don't you add to that is that you both are really good about what you do. If you are like, you're passionate, yeah. it's not a job to you. This is a missional yeah. way that you live your life. Yeah. Right. And so you have this emotion. If we're not careful, we can spend a lot of energy of our emotions. We give to that cause. That's right. At the neglect of the person that's sitting there with us. And that's what I think. Like the little foxes are not necessarily bad things. They're usually good things. You are providing an income. You are maintaining your home. You mm -hmm. are, you know, X, Y, Z. But if they are taking out a portion of your life or disregard something, then you need to pay attention to what that is because I'm not to neglect him. I'm not to put something, you know, in front of him that's more important because this is my first love. And so getting back to that, what does that look like? Um, you know, having four kids, three, three and under for a while, you know, right. that took a lot of our time when you're raising a set of twins and then, a, you know, another baby almost three years later to the week. Um, that took a lot of our time. Mm -hmm. So as we thought about foxes, though, we thought about how crazy it was from birth to three and four years old. Like yes. when we had those twins, the days, you've heard this saying, the days are long and the years are short. Baloney. <laughs> the days were long and it felt like the, the years were even longer. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like that period of time probably was some of the most, the, 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 the number of days that were between, because that's, the enemy's constantly trying to disconnect us. Yeah. Right. He's trying to, he's trying to rob us of the life God has for us. Right. And we really, um, it, it's hard, isn't it, Audrey? It is, and and, it and he would work and, you know, come home and try to help, and I was, you know, and you're both exhausted, and so you don't have time for each other. You've saved the last mm -hmm. for each other, yeah. and that's usually, I think that's probably common in 
most marriages. Yeah, I think that is. We're giving each other the crumbs of what's yes. left over, assuming the crumbs yeah. will satisfy us. Right. And you're tired. Us. And you're just you're exhausted. Tired. Yep. Your fuses are short. And you're, you're starved because you both need it. You both yeah. need the connection. You both need to be poured into. You need it deeply. But you're starved and you have nothing to give. Yeah. And it goes on week after week after week. It's just this slow, painful fade that comes. Thanks for sharing it. So many of our couples, I, I think, find themselves in that very place. You know, yeah. In a time in 2022, you know, dual incomes, we're raising kids, we're running Practice. practices and businesses and, and job stresses. What at point, what was the trigger for you when you hit this point saying, whoa, we're losing ourselves? Yeah. Uh, and trying to think just what would be the helpful for a couple who finds themselves, I think we're at this this point. What's a trigger? You know, it's we I think people would constantly tell us, uh, it's it's only gonna get harder from here. I think what we were hearing in our heads, the narrative we were hearing was when this is over, it'll be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we were running that scenario, okay, we just need to get to out of diapers. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the diaper phase was over, but yet it was still uh, either we took on more. You know, again, we're constantly fighting an enemy who's constantly handing us sometimes great responsibilities, Correct. great opportunities. Right. right. And then we latch onto those things. And before we know it, we have no margin. And then when setbacks come or when, um, when uh, death comes or when sickness comes, when, uh, like, like here's one, when the twins were, when the twins started school, I don't even know if that I want to go here right now, but when the twins started school, we did homeschool, we did two-day-a-week school, Audra was doing the homeschool, and they were going to Veritas, and uh, the year that they started school, Ethan was in the eighth grade, and I remember getting a report card at the end of the year telling me that Ethan had failed Algebra 1. And that he would have to repeat it. And as a father, that was that was horrible. But I just realized we have no margin. We are spent. We are strapped. Yeah, I think that's, it is that sense of just exhaustion. I remember for Tammy and I, it was that moment I remember looking at her just like, like we're doing everything, we're not happy. I, I, I remember that question, like, what's going to make you happy? We were serving a church an absolute ton. Right, and we're just... And all of a sudden, it was these things that should be giving me joy yes. right. are now a chore. And the joy and the, and the moments we had that were great, there was no shelf life. Mm-hmm. They just didn't last as long. Agreed. And I just, so for us, I found it was that moment for me when the joy was not sustaining, yeah. when I would have these little glimpses, but it wasn't these seasons of just, right. it's hard, but there's joy in the journey. But those the, are the, the marches, right? Those are really it, Yeah. Focus on the Family does a, a great little survey, and I'm going to put a, um, a link there in the bottom. It's just an assessment uh, on intimacy for couples to take, and uh, they talk about uh, three areas that come up, ten, 10 things. There's also a little link I'm going to put for a book there called Reconnecting by Gary Smalley. That's really been helpful to me, and, and uh, those two links. But the assessment is free, takes about 10 minutes. But they found three things that really create sometimes these little foxes that disconnect were the themes. Number one was, you know, sexual relationships. That's why we spent, it's not always the easiest topic to talk about, but we wanted to spend some time on Sunday and in our podcast to talk about it. It's one of the top threes. Either there is sexless relationships or it's just not fulfilling or I'm feeling used in the process. And and uh, so that lack of intimacy is a big one. The second one was conflict, 
right? And we all know when there's no margin and when we're tired and fatigued and stressed, uh, you had children, twins, I mm -hmm. can't imagine. We had them one at a time and that was mm -hmm. enough. I can't even begin to imagine the dynamics with twins that bring a little bit more into that conflict comes. And then the third one with these little foxes was communication. And uh, I thought it was really interesting as you talk with couples, the issue is not that we're not talking, we're talking, but we're just not talking about the right things that really bring us life and joy. You had all these kids in the home. I'm sure you're like every other couple, just like us, 85 to 90% of your conversation is built around logistics. Yeah. What's yeah. the schedule? Where yes. we're going? Right. Where the finances are? How are we doing this? Mm -hmm. And the challenge is, is that we're never talking about the things that really bring us life and really connect us. Right. Those things that are, that are the really the... the the soul things, the things that are deep. The irony, it's the things that when we were dating, we spent all the time on, right? We would take these walks. Mm -hmm. We had margin. We had margin <laughs> and space, and we were focused, right? We, we were. weren't distracted. And I, and I cared less about the schedule. I just mm -hmm. wanted to get to know who you were yeah. and dream these dreams together. And we got married with this plan, what we were going to do as a couple and take the world and, and do all these kind of things. But the challenge is, again, it's just time. That little assessment may help on that, but think about that reality. That if 85 per 90 percent of our conversations deal around schedule and finances and logistics of life, which are important, but they are not life-giving. No wonder we sometimes uh, pull pull apart. I think that was eye-opening for me. I think I started to realize that that anytime we had time together, you know, it was all about the kids or this, that, and the other. And I think we have to keep our eye on the prize. Um, and that is not just because a lot of people just get through a marriage. They get through being married 50, 60 years and they made it, you know. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference of having a thriving marriage. Right. And I think when we finally figured that piece out, it gave us a peg to shoot for. Like, mm -hmm. this is what we want. We don't want to just exist. We don't want to just get to the end of this. I actually want to be in love with him when our kids leave yeah. the house. So I want to travel together. I want us to enjoy the rest of our life. And those were big questions I had. Are we going to have anything of substance when this is all done? Mm -hmm. So I think asking those questions and then what does that look like? Because it's not too late. You can still get there. Yeah, that's great insight. Because it, isn't it interesting, if you look at the statistics, one of the most vulnerable seasons of a marriage is when the kids leave the home. Right. Why? Because 90% of her life has consisted about scheduling and logistics. And I have become a roommate yes. with the person who once was we won't have that problem for another 12 <laughs> you've got some time to keep <laughs> but, on working <laughs> but i was watching it happen with a with yes. a lot of people that had gone before yeah. me and it grieved my heart because i did not want to get to that piece and be there I agree. that's so good but you know what you were saying earlier first off you have the what disconnects you mm -hmm. and then the question is and is what reconnects you right yeah and uh so i was i was actually thinking about this word disconnect and and really, I was actually picturing this word of disconnect. When I felt disconnected, there's a ton of voices going on there. Mm. Right. And this is that where I really think I determine what I really believe. Do I believe God? Because when I'm when I'm when I feel disconnected, it's it's sometimes I'm angry with her. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of her doing this. I'm tired of you know her uh, this. I'm tired of this. Or or this is uh, is she ever going to change? And it's in those moments that I start to ask myself this question. Do I want to stay here? Mm -hmm. Did I mess up? Uh, did I make a mistake? Right. You know, did I, did I misunderstand God? Um, is this ever going to finish? Would I be happier on the other side? And 
how you answer those questions. And I think that's because those were questions, right, Audrey? Agreed. But I think you get to a point where if you're even entertaining those, you're already disconnected right. in a sense. And so something we have learned over almost 30 years is we've really grown in how we communicate with one another. It's not been great many, many times, but we are learning not to go so long mm-hmm. uh, when we are feeling a certain way or when we are needing something. And, and trust me, it's still awkward. Even yeah. after 30 years, there's times where you know you need to go to your spouse and say, I need a date night or I don't feel like I feel empty in this way. You know, it still feels awkward to approach your spouse who you've been with for 30 years, but that's the enemy's ploy is to keep you disconnected. And so you have to know that on the other side of that is deep connection and you have to fight for that. Whether that looks like cuddling in the bed or having physical intimacy, like that might be hard to get to that point. And it may be awkward. Very awkward. You may have gone along, it may be three, four, maybe months, but you know what's going to connect you. We know when we do those acts, we are going to be so deeply connected if we could just fight for that and fight through it. That's a great word. Just taking that step feeling isn't there, but I know this is the things yes. that are important. Don't trust your feelings. No. They will lie to you all the time. And God's going to, God has invited us. I mean, we, we hear God invite us to do things. Yeah. And what, what we recognize is we either have to hunker down and say no. Right. Or we have to fight. We have to move through, push through that awkward wall, whether it's me getting up out of bed and going in there. I go to bed first, by the way. Yeah. So I have to Call go back Paul. in there. Yep. And say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I choose to lay there and just be mad. And we've done it wrong many of times. Many of times. Where Thousands we will go weeks or days, you know. And that's something else is like, how do you, how do you handle conflict? Mm-hmm. You know, we, are, we grew up different ways, you know. And he wants to fight it out. And I, you know, shove it under the rug and hope he's not mad tomorrow, you know. But he forgives very easily where I might hold on to something. So, learning how to maneuver through that, but really always fighting for what's best. And that's fighting for each other. Yeah, that is so good. And how we do that, those families of origin, fight yeah. or flight when they yeah. come into it. You said something earlier, Audrey, that I really liked was just that this idea of even entertaining some of those questions. Yeah. That if I'm sitting and beginning to think about these and fester on the questions, mm-hmm. I've really already lost a little bit of ground that I want. Yeah. And how would you mind as you're speaking that? And I think that's also the importance of having friends and couples in your life yeah, without a doubt. who believe in you and will fight for it. So if, you know, Eric's the kind of guy, you know, if I came and say, hey, I'm thinking about maybe stepping out on Tammy or I'm thinking about this, this, that would say, listen, that's not even an option, brother. That's right. Right. That's right. Let's talk about where we are. Right. And I think if we're not careful, our friends in their desire to empathize, if we're not careful, feed right the missed messages even of this world and so i'm going to just hope that you have for any couple you just need to have some couples in your life who will fight for your marriage absolutely even on days when you don't feel like fighting absolutely and, and pushing you, you have to have that we we, we have these ver- words you go ahead no, i've said we've never done it alone we have always we have. done it in community whether it's a life group or a mat group or just people in our life, we have never, I mean, we probably wouldn't be together today, honestly, That's with right. one, without God, and two, without community. Yeah, such a powerful word. But so. we talk about finding your team. Yeah, mm-hmm. or your tribe, mm-hmm. I say your tribe. If you don't find your team, if you don't find, like I've got men who challenge me. I see through Facebook, I through, see through texts, what they're doing with their kids, what they're doing with their wives. Yeah. And that that feeds 
that feeds me. That I, I, I'm challenged inside, and then I get to decide whether or not I want to. I want to. I want to move on those feelings or thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great perspective, and those kind of relationships don't happen overnight. They don't. No. And you may try one time, and it fails, and they you feel betrayed. I yes. uh, just keep saying you just got to keep trying. You've got to keep investing, and those are rare things. But boy, when you find them. Those are some of those lifelong connections. God is so faithful in that way. Like I've noticed when I come to him and I and I know the desire of my heart is right and I beg him either for wisdom or a connection, he has never returned void. He's always been faithful in that. And you just keep going and you just keep asking him until you get it. Because if you know that's something that he would approve of, then go after it. Yeah, keep asking him. Oh, that's such a good word of encouragement. I think sometimes we don't fight. Yeah. yeah, I think sometimes we become apathetic. Yeah, and we just we just wait on the other. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing, know. especially with men, isn't it? We're, the passivity that we show yeah. in the home, we show it nowhere else. That's right. You're a fighter at your job. You're a fighter in this context. But boy, we get in our home and we just the passivity of, of our manhood we put on the shelf sometimes. And it is keeping that fight fight alive where we go. Yeah, I had that thought though about whoever thinks of it first. Like if you know. I think you brought up Sunday that the woman tends to have the pulse on the home and mm. tends to feel the drift. And that's definitely true for us because I am the homemaker. I'm home with our kids. I homeschool our children. And so I feel us pulling apart. And if I'm going to wait around for him to get it, I may be waiting around a long time. I may be very disappointed. But if the Lord's revealed it to me, I need to go to him. And I need to that's say, really I need, good. I notice these things. And, and then know, give your spouse the permission to come to you as well and not feel defense, but take it as, oh, wow, this is actually a gift that you notice this and we get to move forward. Because I think a lot of times we've been defensive about it, um, you know, whether it's asking for sex or, you know, that I need to be with you just to hang out. Or I just need time away. Yeah, that's true too. Right. Actually, I feel very cared for when he sees how overwhelmed I am and he knows I need a day out or to go spend a weekend somewhere. Like that, that adds so much value to me. Um, and I feel very cared for in that way. It's this idea, again, that unexpressed expectations lead to unmet expectations. Absolutely. So many times we sit in that silence and we stew and, like, they should know me. Right. They right. should know I'm struggling with yeah. this. And that's such a great uh, reminder for us. If I wait many times for your husband, if you wait for the man to respond, it can go a while and you could be disappointed. And reality is when you share that, in the right time, in the right spirit, it doesn't feel like nagging, but you're actually giving him a chance to yes. respond now yes. in a way that maybe wasn't on his radar and uh, educates him and hopefully yes. communicates that. I feel like that's and just... Audra is incredible at that. I just feel like that's one of the the biggest lies of the pit of hell. Like, he should know. Yes. <laughs> I hear so many people, well, he should just know, you know? No, neither neither one of us should just know. Don't make me read between the right. lines. Right, and <laughs> he's always been so faithful, though, that when I tell him, he follows through. Yes. And like, well, I'm glad you told me. I will do this, you yep. know? So it, it goes both ways. That's good stuff. What are some other things that you found in this area of, of reconnecting, right? We're in this season now where the margin feels minimal. We've got these external challenges from work children, seasons of life. Um, what have been some keys that you've found through the years? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to start by saying, you know, this isn't a, this is, it's, it's not, this is not a direct, but it's indirect, but it's almost like one domino that knocks down all the dominoes. And mm -hmm. I'm going to say, um, finding margin 
Like, I now go to bed earlier. I go to bed between 9 and 10 so I can get up earlier. Uh, because once 8 o'clock get, hits, you know, my brain is full on, and I cannot tune into God to save my life. Um, but if I get up at 5 a.m., if I get up at, you know, even 5.30 or 6, finding that space to be present with God uh, that is that has probably been the greatest that building that habit now it didn't start off as a regular habit you know it started off with once a month and then it moved to twice a month and it in, it's increased over the years but that I think has been the domino the domino that has probably you know tripped more dominoes than anything what what do you think Audra for me Agreed. And I also know that we made a huge decision to make a huge shift in our life. We were living in a large home, kids at private school. Eric was working 70 plus hours a week. Um, and we knew this was not like you were saying, like it, we lived for the vacation. <laughs> we lived for the one day out of the weekend that we got to spend together and it was not fulfillment. And so God invited us into a different way of life, and we actually downsized our home and um, were able to decrease Eric's hours working so much. Um, we just got a different life. We got to have more family time. We had more margin. Uh, things did not feel like such a stretch, and I really think that was the, one of the big, huge shifts in our life and our marriage. Moment that we're not feeling trapped, right? We yeah. can change yes. this. But we got to that moment because of that other moment. Hmm. That's where I was going. Yeah. So if I hadn't found that time with God, I wouldn't have heard him Correct. invite us Correct. into a totally different direction. And what, what was happening was, is my confidence in God was increasing and my fear and worry and anxiety was decreasing. And when that happened, I was, I was, capable of saying yes to a totally new direction in my life. We were, we were more confident to make the move. We were more confident to shed expenses and to yeah. decrease. And Audra was in the same spot. I yeah. mean, when, when, when God asked us to, she said, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, we should be moving into this house with our fourth kid, not downsizing, but it, it, it made all the difference. And we did that in 2013. Yeah. So we have now had nine years. The funny thing is Ethan was nine at that time. Yeah. So he is now like, you're getting us right this second at probably a moment that we've already talked about a hundred times yeah. in the last three months, how glad we are of making that shift in 2013, because here we are launching a son and we have no regret. Whatsoever. We don't, we almost missed it. And we got an invitation because it wasn't our decision. We got an invitation to live differently. And I'm so glad we said yes to that. There's been so many times over the years that I can see God's hand in it that he just, there was just blessing upon blessing. And our oneness has increased since that time as well. Very much. Like, because we have margin. Yeah. We have margin. I can't even begin to tell you how much just having margin allows you to, to focus and not be so spent for six months. Yeah. or even three months or a year, whatever it might be. So yeah, I think that's it's been very helpful. That's my big takeaway from really what you're sharing today. Yeah. It's such a, a great reminder, that area of margin. It and is. so as you listen today and you're thinking that's a little bit. Time with God. Time with God. We'll probably help find margin. There you go. We'll help <laughs> to find where it can be. We'll help. That's right. And uh, so that's a good 
uh, powerful challenge for us. And also for you as a couple, if you're saying, hey, man, I want to experience that, that would be my challenge is to take some time and say, where in our life do we want to create some margin that we don't right. have it? And then what's the plan to get there? It, right. These are big decisions. It's right. not going to happen like in two weeks. But in three years, we want to make sure we're here. And this mm -hmm. may be the financial decisions we need to make. Or this means a debt we're going to have to sacrifice. But let's come with a plan because we know the why to go through what we're going through right now. Yeah. So it is those areas of just reconnecting together. Uh, let me just maybe give you some practical, um, simple things that really will help on that in some small ways. Dr. Uh, John Gottam uh, wrote this book, and he talked a little bit about this idea of uh, bids for connection with couples. And his point was that on some of the very micro levels, there are times throughout the day we make bids for connection with our spouse that they either respond to or they don't. And when they don't, it creates some separation. When they do, it seems to help. An example of that would be uh, it's just different things. I was thinking about, um, Tammy's good with me on this one so many times. Like, I, I, I love cars and I love vehicles. I don't know anything about them. I just like them. <laughs> and uh, so if we could be driving down the road and uh, the new Corvette drives by, and I'm like, that's an amazing, I would love someday to have a car like that. It's a bid. What I'm really crying out for below the question is something that's intrigued me. I'd like you to join me in this conversation. And she's stuck with a moment of choice, right? The choice could be, well, that's silly. You'll never get a car like that. Yeah. You could never afford a car like that. <laughs> yeah. Why are you always trying to look at other cars, you know, these, <laughs> and shut me down? You and, have a car. Why aren't you grateful? Exactly. You know, <laughs> it's a Camry. You should be thrilled with it. Um, and I said, no, it's a Corvette. Um, so, but it, one little phrase says, yeah. I'm disinterested. In fact, I'm even disappointed you would, or the bid for connection says, that, tell me why you like that car. Yeah. Uh, if you ever had a car like that, what color would you? Now we're engaged in a little little moment of a micro thing yeah. that she's taking interest. Uh, Tammy, with our travel agency that she runs, you know, she has these trips that she goes and sets up for people. And she would start talking about it. And it's easy for me. It's not my trip. I'm not going on it. Why do I really care where they're right. going? Right. And shut it down. But to her, she's connecting. And, and so... Tell me why you chose to put them at that place or someplace else. Yeah. Those are just little micro connection points throughout the day. And I think what you'll find, if you find in a moment margin, let's go with that powerful word during our time. When you're struggling for margin, those micro connections fade away and they become mm -hmm. points of, of being more yeah. separated. Or mm -hmm. we have enough margin to hear He's not asking about the car. He's just asking for me to engage in something he has interest in. So I'm going to enter into a conversation right. that goes there. And just those little moments that are there. And uh, Dr. Gottman says this, the key is really um, 10 minutes is what the research has found would make a dramatic difference in the life of our relationship that we want. 10 minutes talking about what they really refer to are the inner life issues. And so 10 minutes talking about things like, you know, what, what are you thinking about? Uh, what are you dreaming about? Yeah. What's creating anxiety for you? What are the struggles? In a busyness of our life, sitting for an hour by the fireside uh, seems a little overwhelming. Ten minutes yeah. where we take that 85 to 90 percent of our conversations that are logistics and say, listen, for 10 minutes, we're going to talk about these kind of things. Uh, ladies, if you start with, can, just a word of encouragement, if you start with your husband by saying, well, how are you feeling? 
your 10 minutes is going to go to about 15 <laughs> seconds. I'm fine. I'm doing good. All right. So a little bit of specifics helps right. us, you know, yeah. uh, what was your high today? Yeah. What was your low today? Mm-hmm. Just creating those opportunities that their men, when they speak that and ask that they're not prying, they're asking to engage men. There may be, um, as you have that conversation back to your wife, uh, Tammy reminds me her love language is words. And uh, so using words and the right words help. So it's not just, well, tell me you're high or you're low. Uh, how are you feeling today? Um, how do things go with the kids? Uh, how are things going in your significant relationships that you have with your girlfriends? Or what's God teaching you? Or just some very specific things speak a little bit more intentionality. Uh, whereas for me, if she just gives me high or low, I can kind of run mm-hmm. with that as we go. But just those 10 minutes make such a, a difference uh, of conversation. So that, that's an encouragement for you on a starting point, figuring out 10 minutes, five minutes to say, can we just some point today develop this habit of really dealing with the inner life and not just the logistics yeah, as good. we go? That's good. I think we try to do that in the evening, like when everybody kind of settles down and goes to bed, we try to get on the same page and not talk about logistics. But you know, I try to remember and ask about something that's important to him. And I think he does the same thing to me, you know, like, did you get to go write today? How was that? What did you write about? Or, you know, those are important questions for each other. For you with the busyness of family, talk to us a little bit. So for you, that's worked in the evening. I mean, just mm-hmm. how practical and how yeah. <laughs> scheduled have you had to be in that? And what, what have you found to be helpful? You have to be very intentional. You have to make a plan. I think we lived a lot of years thinking it's just going to organically happen, and that's not true. Um, we have You have to figure out, like, what really works, because he's not a night person, so that's really not a great time for him. He's pretty much done, and he shuts down by 9 o'clock. Um, so I know not to talk to him about big, important things at that time of day. Um, but maybe we can't, we can't argue. I mean, my yeah. goodness, if we're going to argue... My fuse is like super short because yeah. I can't I can't even do it. Anymore. But maybe contacting him in the middle of the day and saying I have something I really want to talk with you about. Good. When can we talk? Putting that out there, um, and you know, he, he can always. He sometimes he'll try to come home at lunch and check in or something like that. So we try to leave each other alone during the day because we're both so busy, and so that's really not a great connection point. Like we do call, we're like, can you talk or is this a good time? Because. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great to connect, but it's not always the best time. Right. But what I've also noticed is God has increased our hunger, our desire. Very much. You know, yeah. like, uh, like it's easy to lose that desire in all of the busyness. Yeah. But uh, when you allow God to, uh, we have this huge word, it's called let. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there in Romans 12 too, uh, God says, uh, let me, let God transform you into a new person. Let. And that word led is, uh, you know, uh, to give access to or give opportunity to. And we, we try to let him nurture that, uh, that, yeah. that hunger, that drive, that, that, uh, that, that point of being in love. Because yeah. uh, he wants that. He's leading in that direction. It's usually us uh, being distracted by so many other things mm-hmm. and keeping that from happening. But he has a plan, and he is constantly showing me ways of doing that. So... Um, we just have to see it. And like you just said, just, just finding minutes. Yeah. Um, sending texts, sending letters. Yeah. Uh, calling. I, I can't tell you. Like, she's, she has started to say something lately that has just been absolutely incredible to me. She has said, I am your number one fan. Wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't tell you 
like I'm just being real vulnerable, right? That is just, for some reason, that just hit me hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I think she let God show her those words. It means a lot to me because I don't think I I, could always say that. But I truly feel that. And the later we get, there's still, in the heart of the man is still that desire. I mean, again, in high school, they wore the Letterman jacket (laughs) and it was the greatest day in your life. And now all of a sudden, do they even like us? And just that powerful speaking into the heart of your man, such a gift that they give. Wow. Well, a lot of great thoughts. And uh, thanks so much for sharing uh, a little bit of your life. And I think, again, my big takeaway is just the power of margin. Very much. How do we get there and how do we live and how do we love out of an excess that's going to come with the margin. When the margin's gone, everything else gets mm-hmm. pressure cooked into there. And so... It's a good word. Wonderful. It's hard to reconnect. It's hard to reconnect. When there's no margin. When there's no, really is. Yeah. So what is it today as you listen to this? Where in your life is your relationship? Where do you need some margin? What's the plan? How will you be there in six months different than you are today? And where do you want to be in three years that you aren't today? Well, great conversation. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank moving you. from soulmates to yes. roommates and back to soulmates yes. as we go. Encourage you a couple of those resources that we've put down there in the bottom to make access to there for any links or notes from the podcast. Again, visit LexCity.Church off the record, and all of those are available. Well, Thomas, I appreciate you, and thanks for, uh, thanks for your example of uh, your life and your marriage and how God's working in you and through you and doesn't expect perfection. Right. He just expects us to get up, keep fighting each day for one another. And uh, you're experiencing what I hope so many of our couples that are listening can experience. You know, when you send a son or a daughter off to college feeling like, boy, we have, we've invested. Yeah. We didn't do it all perfect, but I don't have regrets. Right. When I look at other kids and say, man, you know, uh, we are living the life we want to live. And uh, we're expecting great things that God can do in us and through us. So thanks so much. Thanks for joining us this today on uh, Off the Record. And we'll look forward next time as we continue and conclude our series on mixtapes.